Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as ever, I'm joined by my friend Holly. Hello! And this week we are discussing Armageddon, which was released in the UK on the 7th of August 1998 and the 1st of July 1998 in the USA. But, as ever, before we do that, we're just going to talk briefly about Armageddon... Um, attraction which is in Disneyland Paris now have you ever been to Disneyland Paris no never ah okay have you I have yes I've been a couple of times um, there's two parks so basically you've got one which is kind of the equivalent of the Magic Kingdom I guess and then you've got one next door which is the equivalent of MGM or Disney Hollywood Studio and it is called Walt Disney Studios and in that you'll find um, the American theme parks like the rock and roller coasters in there and um, I think Aladdin's in there that kind of stuff but also in there is Armageddon stunt show spectacular or whatever the equivalent is in French something like that what I find annoying and why I think Disneyland Paris doesn't work, and I'm not saying this to offend, because it wouldn't work if it was in England either, is the people. The French aren't as friendly as Americans. The same as the English aren't as friendly as Americans. If you put Disney World in England, it would be miserable. Yeah, the, it would. The cast members just cannot pull off the same energy as Americans can. And also, I know obviously this is very much a kind of sweeping statement and it's probably not completely 100%, well, it's not true, really, but um, it's just my opinion. A lot of people, at, like the theme parks in America, like in Disney and Universal, kind of, you get the feeling they want to be there. They want to be working there. That's exactly right. Whereas... If it, if it was happening in the UK and probably Paris, mm. it, it kind of then just gets the feel, feeling that, oh, well, I live nearby and it's a summer job. That's exactly how I felt. When I was there on the, the, the couple of occasions I've been, I got the impression they were pretty much just the French equivalent of students that work at Chesington or Fort Park. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with those people. One of my best friends used to work at Chesington when she was a student. But it is just a summer job. It's not a vocation, which I think is the impression you get when you're in America. Whether it's right, wrong, that's the impression they manage to convey. Yes. So for me, it doesn't quite work for that reason. And also it doesn't quite work. And 
this may sound selfish, but everything is in French, and then you have to wait for it to be translated in English. So you'll go into any attraction, they'll say a line in French, then they'll say a line in English. And I understand why they're saying it in French. We're in France. Fair play. But it's really, it makes everything just drag out and kind of takes the drama out of everything that's going on. That's so strange. Hmm. But to be honest, I I think it's weird that they that they do do that. You think it should all be in French? English? Just no, in English. English. In English. Yeah. Mm, we are in France, though. But like, whether it's right or wrong, most people can speak English. Like, a lot of people in France yeah. can speak English. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That I mean, Obviously, the English are known we're terrible at teaching our children other languages, but every other country, pretty much, English is the top language that your children will learn at school. So, so for whatever, whatever reason, I don't know, Armageddon only appears in the French Disneyland, and it doesn't appear in the... the California one either I checked so I I remember it ish I wouldn't say it's left a, a huge um, dent in my memory but I do remember going in it it was um, opened on the 16th of March 2002 I think the premise is that it's uh, you're like recruited to be part of a special effects um, filming so you're told you're going to go on to the set. The set is basically the ship that they were on or the rocket, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. And um, they shout action and you get explosions, lights flashing, gas bursts out, flames, the floor shakes. It's a standing ride. It's not a sit-down ride. It's kind of like Twister. Oh, I was going to say, is it like Twister? Yeah, but probably... Probably with better effects than Twister, from what I remember. It kind of did feel a little bit like, ooh, you know, like you felt that that was quite a lot of heat and stuff coming out of it. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. It's it's okay. It's not a bad ride. Don't know why it didn't make it over to um, the USA and why it's in France, but... Yeah, it's quite strange that obviously it stayed there, it went in, um, and now, you know, they didn't decide to take it anywhere else. No, because they did used to have um, the lights, camera, action, car stunt show in Paris, which did make it over into um, Disney Hollywood Studios took it. So they had it. So there was something that originated in France and went over there, but obviously this just stayed there. It's just a funny film to trial. Like, there isn't any fe- French connections to it. Like, for instance, they've got Ratatouille over there and they don't have it in America. Which I get. I, get Ratatouille. I get Ratatouille. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's strange. It's strange, though... You would kind of, I wonder how it works, because obviously, you know, they say, oh, we're going to put a new ride in. Mm. I'd have thought that there'd be elements where you just would do, let's stick it in Florida and do like a lift and shift and send it out to the other parks. Mm. I don't know, it's very interesting of how they decide what 
brides go where, really, isn't it? Yeah. On to the film. So, so when did you watch the film? I was still working at a cinema when the film was released. But for some reason, and I have no idea why, I didn't see it at the cinema I was working in. I went and saw it in Brighton Odeon. Oh. Don't know why, but that's what I remember about it more than anything. That I was in Brighton Odeon watching this film. I remember thinking it was absolutely fantastic, one of the best films I've ever seen. I've not watched it since. And then I, when I did rewatch it, I realised that was just my 19-year-old self speaking, and it isn't one of the best films ever made. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I think it's one of those... Well, I would just say it's very long. Oh, too long. Which it is a very long film. But I just think it's just one of those good old kind of... Dra- well not drama like a good old action film mm-hmm. and I just don't think films like they just don't make films like that anymore oh now you're sounding like me Holly <laughs> you know like sometimes you just want this like big epic blockbuster action film mm-hmm. and I think that is what it is it's like the cast was really good you know there's like loads of actors in there that you know like these days I just don't feel like they they have those like massive action films with like hundreds of people that you know all of the cast is really good like they're a bit I don't know I just don't think it's just the same anymore and I think it's really easy to watch I think it's it's funny it's it's just everything you want and also it's so emotional at the end like I did cry God, what's happened? Have you come back from Morocco as me? Because I didn't, I didn't even get well up. Oh my gosh, I was like, Adam welled up. Really? I was crying. Yeah, like I, I just think it's so emotional. Love it. Okay. Right. So let's go for it then. So it starts off. Um, NASA astronauts are blown up trying to fix. A meteor. Yeah. The uh, meteor hits New York. Yeah. Which was kind of a weird old, I don't know, was it like a comedy moment when that guy was walking along with a dog and they, it, like the hole comes out from underneath him and I don't know. Well, actually, this is what I said, is the fact that no one seems to give when a human dies but as soon as a dog's there everyone's like i hope the dog doesn't die but what about the poor dead man next to the dog oh i don't care about them (laughs) i have no interest in human beings being injured only animals i know also i i did sort of think it's i said it never just happens these things they never just happen in a field in kansas do they (laughs) you know like new york it always is new york always the effects pretty much most of them held up yeah i agree they weren't it was you weren't watching it going oh for goodness sake whereas a lot of others you do look at it and they're a bit like oh it it shows its age doesn't it yeah i mean because this is you know nearly 20 years old now so pretty good 
They bring up some geezer who's ex-military in a caravan. What did you think about that scene, actually, when his wife comes in and says, your dinner's on the table and all of that? I thought it was supposed to be a comedy moment. Well, did you did it did it tickle you or no, not? But I understood it was supposed to be funny. I thought it was a bit it was a bit too contrived. I felt yeah. So it turns out there's more um, meteors up there the size of Texas apparently. Yeah. Well, one. One was yes. So then it cuts to Bruce Willis etc on an oil rig, and Ben Affleck is getting a telling off from Bruce. Bruce finds a bra. He finds Liv Tyler. He does. Who's his daughter. Bruce shouts at Ben. Liv keeps calling him Harry, not Dad, and that annoys him. Did it annoy you? you yeah. You'd be the sort of person who just wouldn't, would say, wouldn't accept that. <laughs> if a child of mine called me Harry, I'd be fuming. So they're cutting back to NASA and they decide they need people who can drill to save the Earth. And to cut a long story short, they go pop along to see Bruce. And, you know, they were having this meteor shower, weren't they? So, yes. you know, quite big. Obviously, they were small. Like I said, they think they refer to them as a size as like a Volkswagen and a, and a basketball. But, you know, causing still sizable damage. And I just thought it was really strange that the the president was in Air Force One. Mm. I just think you want to be in the Pentagon, like in the bunker. Is that safer? I don't know. I would say it was safer than being in the air. Well, that's what I thought. Bruce agrees to go into space, but only if he has his own crew with him. Right, this whole thing actually didn't really... So I didn't really get it. So first okay. of all, we've got this whole thing where they're on the oil rig and it just he's shooting at Ben Affleck and it just is a bit... Like, there'd be one place I probably wouldn't be shooting and it would be on an oil rig. It just didn't feel so safe. Dangerous. Really dangerous. And obviously they hit oil and all of this. And in the end, so they hit oil, the mess all happens. And then he says to, he says to Ben, you know, you're fired sort of thing the fbi or whoever come to come and get bruce don't they and i thought it was very funny that i really enjoyed that character you know where he just i can't remember what his name is but he was in is wasn't he in con air yeah, yeah yeah and he said oh um she never told me her age or i didn't know her age <laughs> and then obviously we have so we have this whole thing and then he goes off with his daughter back to 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 nasa mm-hmm they're at NASA, have the conversation and need to get your own team together, blah, blah, blah. Obviously back at, at the Houston Space Centre, which is so boring, might I add. We were watching it and Adam was like, maybe we should go again. And I was like, mm, no. How long have they been there for? Because then the next scene is that we see Ben Affleck with his own, AJ, sorry, with his own oil rig like well it, not his own oil rig but his own like he's sort of digging for oil isn't he mm. and it with his own company was he with his own company it said aj oil on it oh did it i didn't even know he was called aj <laughs> yeah what's happened how long have they been at nasa for well I, I thought it was quite urgent all of the others had left the oil rig as well and some of them were, like, down in New Orleans. Some of them were out here, there, and everywhere. Well, they were all on the Chinese oil rig. I just didn't really get it. Yeah, OK. So, I, yeah, I guess an amount of time must have passed. Um, Bruce says 
the United States government just asked us to save the world, we're going to say no. So it's kind of a cheesy line from Bruce. Yeah. And he has a list of requests from his crew that <laughs> range from having their parking tickets revoked, um, staying at the White House, no more taxis ever again. Which I, so thought, that I thought that was a good one as well, actually. We then see a training montage of various psychological tests, etc. And again, it was Steve Buscemi, who you mentioned earlier from Con Air, who kind of... He was the star of it, wasn't he? Yeah. The light comic relief, the genuinely funny comic relief, not the... Staged. Yeah, not the staged orchestrated comic relief. He just genuinely was amusing during it. I just thought it was, and I did write it down, but later on it does say about it. So I then appreciated that, that they made, an, you know, they made a reference to it. But at this point, I was quite um, shocked that they, they, uh, they only had these men, hmm. like, of all the world. Like, yeah. obviously, the, the guy might be the best person to do it but would they not say bring in someone from japan or somewhere who is really good at doing another part of it like the best person to use the machinery or something i don't know i just sort of thought it was just very like oh it's only us yeah like the whole world is this is the whole world it's not just america is it but bruce did insist it was only his own crew yeah, he did. He works in oil, doesn't he? And everyone around mm-hmm. him works in oil. And I don't know if I'm skipping on, but um, I'm just going to say it anyway. When Ben proposes to live... That's what we're coming to next, so that's fine. I just thought the ring was very small. <laughs> For somebody who works in the oil industry, I just thought it was a bit... It's a very well-paid job, to be on the Yeah. Office. I mean, it's, a, it's an undesirable job, which is why it's paid so well, because you're away from home an awful lot. But it's extremely well-paid. Yeah, and... So it's the night before they take off. And this is stupid. Bruce demands they all get the evening off to go and see their families. Which just, It just wouldn't happen, because you're put in, like, quarantine before you go into space. They go off, and catch something that's going to take two or three days to come out it'll come out when they're up there they're all be ill and what was even more ridiculous was that vile scene between Liv and Ben with animal crackers of everything that I'd be doing on my potential last day I would not be eating an animal cracker (laughs) I just wouldn't I just thought it was so odd. Really, really odd. And I understand she wants to be with with Ben, it's her fiancé, but surely she'd want to be a little bit with Bruce, because that's her father. And she's she's very, the whole way through, she's very daddy, daddy. He's what? He's just hanging around at NASA. Yeah. I, I just, it just was a terrible, terrible scene. It was disgusting. After that, it cuts to Shanghai getting blown up by a meteor, and this makes it all go public, so everyone now knows what's happening, that they're sending these uh, geezers up into space. And Bruce promises Liv he will come home. 
So we see Liv and Ben fawning over each other, which again, they wouldn't be allowed to do. She wouldn't be allowed near him. I know for a fact, because I've been to the Kennedy Space Centre, and I did listen when we went on our tour, and they said that they weren't even allowed near their um, family the, in the days preceding it, again, because of germs and contamination. So there's no way she would have been able to run up to him. They all had to wait behind like a line and just wave to them as they got on the spaceship. And I just thought, again, it's a bit like, again, this could be your last moment um, of what you're yeah. doing, and you start singing, I'm leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> Is that how you want to be remembered? I just would be like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> so, and then we see, which I didn't write down, but I've just thought of it, that there was another guy there that actually did have family who he went and saw, and the wife was a bit off with him, um, wouldn't introduce him to his son, just said he's a man. Salesman, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, that comes back to it later. But everyone else didn't appear to have any kind of family at all that they wanted to say goodbye But I think it's just that they're probably each other's family because the rest of them went to the strip club, didn't they? And I quite enjoyed that yeah, scene. And I think it's probably their, you know, their sort of, like, lone wolves. They go out, they make their money, they come back, you know, they'll spend it, and then they'll go back out onto the rigs again. I get that. But it did annoy me that then that scene. So obviously he went to go and try and see his son. And obviously we don't know what happened. It was probably something quite bad. Um, mm. And then obviously the president comes on to give his speech. The mum wasn't even sat down watching it. The little boy went, the salesman's on TV. And then yeah. she's happy to say, oh, no, that's your dad. You know, I did think that. I thought, you know what, she's changed her tune. Yeah. Then, you know what I wondered as well, and this is nothing really to do with the film, but when astronauts get strapped in, obviously, and then you see someone standing on them, pulling it. Yeah. How do, when they get back, how do they strap themselves in? I know you wouldn't get the force. I understand it wouldn't be the force of the launch, so you wouldn't maybe need to be strapped in as tight on the way back, but I've often wondered that, because their descent to Earth obviously wouldn't be as forceful as as the launch i understand but it seems like there's an awful lot of straps and stuff that you need to put on and i just think that must be very tricky when you're in a space suit doing it yourself yeah i should have asked it when i went on the kennedy space Center. should have maybe i should go back to to nasa um and ask they launch in two shuttles and land in um what is it like a space station where there's a russian man that works uh, why are they landing there to refuel yeah or? i think to refuel yeah and to be honest this whole scene with the well the, the russian man i just thought mm. can we get any more stereotypical of what a russian man is <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't sat there supping on vodka. And whilst they're there, a fire breaks out. Um, they try. They manage to escape, other than um, Ben and the Russian man. They were left behind, yeah. weren't they? NASA says to assume that one shuttle, everyone, all the crew are dead. 
Well, they get off. They do yeah. all get off, don't they? And then they get to the they get to the meteor, and that's when the big crash happens. Yes. Yeah. And then it's a bit like they're like, oh, what happened to the other um, the other one? The other and then we just see yeah. some body hit it. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's that's what happened. However, um, <clears throat> Bruce's shuttle overshoots the target where they, they need to land, and he lands on a harder place to drill. So back down on Earth, the military are telling the military that are up there with them, because they do have some people that are um, not just in Bruce's crew with them, that they want to bomb it. Bruce manages to get it disabled, and they continue... To drill but they hit a gas pocket i mean this whole thing was just a little bit kind of disaster after disaster wasn't it i mean i could see i'm surprised you like this right because we had this whole conversation about you didn't like alien because it's all set on a spaceship i found this way harder to keep up with than alien alien was just one woman and a cat this there were so many characters. Not only was Bruce's crew ridiculously large, but you had all these other people. I'm not sure who all of them were. There was some geezer that was later on in prison break, and I, I didn't know who these people were. So I found this a lot harder to follow because they're all in spacesuits. It's really dark, and it's just explosions left, right, and centre. Uh, yeah, and to be fair, you know, I did enjoy it as a whole, but I did... Again, you get to the the point where you are watching it and it's just all dark and you can't see what on earth is going on. We see it leaks again to the world, um, that there's problems up there, just as a meteorite hits uh, Paris. But it's all okay because Ben arrives to save the day and he says, Hey, Harry, pleased to see me. But again, wasn't that so strange that it hit Paris? It always hits the capitals. It does. Yeah. It never just hits some random town that no one's ever heard of. No. So they managed to drill successfully, but debris damages the trigger that they've then got to use later on, which means that someone has to stay to manually detonate the bomb that will explode this thing into pieces. So they draw straws. Ben gets a short straw. Weird. Nobody seems too bothered as as, as Ben is going down to his ultimate. Doom. Well, nobody seemed that bothered the whole thing though. Like when the other whenever the other spaceship went down, and it was just you know yeah. Harry was just like, okay, well, sort of God rest their souls. It's a bit yeah, like, when, when wouldn't you be like, oh my God, that's like a few of my really good friends. That's my, you know, my daughter is going to be absolutely devastated. Like, you know, that's her, her fiance's just died. You know, maybe yeah. I don't like him, but I could at least, could I not think about how my daughter's going to feel? Well, and uh, we obviously do know that Bruce does like him because, as we see, Bruce goes down with Ben and at the last minute forces Ben back and takes his place. And as they're shouting at each other through the the glass, uh, Bruce says he's the son he never had and gives him permission to marry Liv. 
So he obviously is quite fond of him, actually, underneath. And I think that's the right thing to do, that he did that. It's a very uh, selfless act, isn't it? Perhaps. If Ben died, it would, it would obviously take a lot, a bit, like maybe, I don't know, it would be a bit harder. You know, she'd have to start all over again. Everyone be compared to him and stuff. She is Liv Tyler. I shouldn't imagine it would be that hard to start again. <laughs> Let's not feel too gloomy for her. But I think it's odd that they didn't... They just did it by drawing straws. Could they have not done it by who has, like, the least people that will be affected on Earth by them going? You know, like... Because if these people really didn't have friends or family, which they didn't appear to because they were all hanging out together the night before rather than saying their goodbyes other than the one man... Um... Would it have been a bit fairer to have sent them rather than someone that had a child? Admittedly a grown-up child. Well, no, like, you know, sorry, it's not their fault that they didn't want children. You know, it's interesting because when I went for the job I'm doing now, like six or seven years ago or whatever, we were given a scenario like, like this, actually, where we had seven people and we could only rescue five of those people, and it gave you like a synopsis of, you know, got five kids, got no kids, blah, 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 you know, and all that they did in life. And, uh, yeah, it gets quite heated if you mention things like that. Yeah, because some people, it'd be like, well, the murderer should stay. Well, yeah, there was one guy who was a convicted paedophile, but he had a cure for AIDS up his sleeve. And I'm just like, if he's got that up his sleeve, just get him to yell it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, who goes around saying, oh, I've got a cure for AIDS up my sleeve? I'd be like, you know, how did we find out he was the convicted paedophile? Did he lie that he, he didn't do it? Because he might be lying about the, the AIDS. I'm not sure I'd trust yeah, him. When yeah. I'm in my pocket, but you can only see it if you rescue Oh, guys, me. I forgot to tell you before I fell down my well, I've got cure for AIDS. <laughs> So you might want to bring me up. So, so yeah, there was lots of debate around that. And I, I was kind of in the corner of saving the mum, oh. um, simply because she had five children. And I'm sorry, but I, I kind of the right thing to... Right thing no, to the, man with the, the man with the soul for AIDS should have... I would choose him over the mum. I think they both got chosen. In, I can't remember all the scenarios, but basically it was... They were just watching how, obviously, how you would debate and if you were the kind of person that would just bulldoze over everything, everyone else. Because you know when you do those groups, no, there's always someone that you think you're never going to get employed and you're just kind of sitting there watching them. Mm. They're like, come on, guys. Yeah. Let's do this. And you just think, what? what like, and then you sort of training think... Training sessions yeah, have you been on? Because I had to do one when I got when I worked at my last job so that was probably when I was like I don't know like just come out of uni and I was in yeah. this thing and it was like you know I don't know you're stuck on the moon or something and you've only got x amount of things to take what order do you take it yeah. and that kind of thing um and I had one person in the group who was just so no no that's not how you do it it's like this it's like this and then again you just think well, for God's sake, you're not going to get the job. Calm down, because you're just you're just coming yeah. over and you're just shouting at people and telling people what to do, so you're not going to get it. And then you had one other person who was, who was practically mute. 
I didn't say anything. I said I've got like the two things. So I'd, I, I was like to the guy shouting over. I was like, wait, like let's everyone have an opinion, and then I'd be like to the guy who wasn't talking. You know, what do you think? What what would you go for? Oh, that's clever. That's exactly mm. what I did. Yeah, I else. thought, God, if I haven't got this. I knew I had it in the bag the minute I did that. I said, oh, hold on, I'm not sure we've heard from this lady. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I knew I'd Tick, tick, song. tick. Employ her. <laughs> um, okay, so we've digressed. Again. <laughs> of course. But we then see Bruce give a video call to Liv and uh, explained he's going to stay behind. And, and th- was this the bit that made you tear up? Yeah, really teary. Yeah. And then it was, like, really, really sad. Well, it was sad when he went... I, it, I cried when he pushed Ben back in, and then he had the chat to Ben, yeah. and that made me cry. Mm-hmm. And then it made me cry this bit again, where he he was then like, oh, tell, tell AJ this, tell this person this, and then they were sat listening. Oh. Are you familiar with the errors? Yes. So I like that in the video it changes the image of Bruce to um, the image of Steve Tyler, who of course is her dad. So you see Liv Tyler touching the screen in the video, but it's actually Steve Tyler rather than Bruce Willis. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah. And also, what I want to know, were Aerosmith involved before Liv Tyler... Or was Liv Tyler involved? Yeah, I was thinking that. I thought you were going to be able to answer. I can't answer. I don't know the answer. But it was a good soundtrack, thanks to Aerosmith. Very good, really good. I wonder um, what their relationship is with Disney and whether this is why Armageddon was in a Disney park. Is it something to do with they got the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster? Mm, Yeah. Because I had heard that the contract was due to run out on that like within the next couple of years and what rock band would they put in there if they couldn't renew their contract with Aerosmith and I, you know I can't think of many rock bands that people would know enough of the songs that would be appropriate like you couldn't have Guns N' Roses in there because it's just too inappropriate too much swearing Metallica I don't think enough people would know Iron Maiden not enough people would know you know, maybe Bon Jovi. Brian Adams. I don't know Dave rock enough. I know he's rock for you. <laughs> and he's playing his old six string, but not sure he would qualify as much as I love Brian. So, yeah, or maybe Queen. Do you pop Queen in there? But then could you do that with only sort of two of them still able to record something? I don't know. Anyway. So, as Bruce presses the button, you see different countries cheering as they're watching it in the sky explode. I mean, I think it's rather dangerous. I don't think I'd be standing outside during that time because you don't know what's going to come off of that thing. I think I would be trying to take shots. That's what I said, and I also said to Adam, wouldn't it be really funny if it didn't work? (laughs) He said that I was evil. So the rest of them land, and the woman with the little boy turns up. All of a sudden, she wants in on the action. Yeah. Hugging him, kissing him. I would have just been like, no, I'll speak to my son. You go away. Out of order. I like that the stripper turns up. 
for Steve Buscemi. That <laughs> yeah, same. And, yeah, like we said, and then it goes to uh, we see them getting married, and um, that's the end of it. Yeah. And what did you think of Done. the wedding scene? I think it might have been nicer to have seen it a bit more in full rather than just over the credits, maybe. Yeah. Or just not see it at all. <laughs> Was it a bit too sort of... I don't know. It wasn't enough of it to just... So just leave it out. Yeah, mm. it was kind of, it was a bit of a nothing. So either do a full-blown scene or maybe just show, like, pictures at the end rather than kind of this half-hearted video where you don't really see a lot because it's quite jerky and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But we have had quite a lot of shout-outs to this. I think probably the most shout-outs we've ever had. I think this has beaten uh, Alien for shout-outs. Gosh. So I'm just going to rattle through them now. We'll start on Twitter. We've got at Rough Giraffe Podcast, who are fantastic. Please go and check them out. Says, schmaltzy nonsense. Mm. Not fans. Then we have Heavy Metal Horrorcast. Say, this song is all I can remember from it. And then she's uh, put a link to the Aerosmith song which I think is fair. I think that's what most people remember about the film more than anything, is the song. Yeah. We've got, at Hellblazer Biz, says, it's cheesy, loud, predictable, but damn good. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Like yeah. That at Lola Loves Films, says, really, really like it. Know it almost word for word. Great guilty pleasure movie. Yeah. At Free CTA Philly 8, says oh i see what they've done there free ct affiliate that's good i don't get it i think it's affiliate oh right okay but affiliate oh right yeah who um is always very kind about us on twitter etc so thank you his name's matthew says bashemi stole the show couldn't agree more yeah at ready steady cut said i used to proper sing the song after watching the film and then he gives a little rendition of the song on there, which we won't do for copyright reasons. At Jack and the Geek Stalk says, could have done without half the cast, but classic Bruce Willis. And not a bad performance from Ben Affleck, better than Deep Impact. Because Deep Impact was kind of the um, other one that came out roughly at the same time with Elijah Wood in it. Was that the one with Elijah Wood in it, I think? Uh, no, I never that? saw that. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing that you had sort of two disaster movies come out within the same summer, and definitely Armageddon was, was the superior. At Maverick Baxter says, it's incredibly cheesy, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it has an amazing cast, an epic theme song. It made Bruce angry at the Cannes critics. So not sure what that's about, but... Obviously, Bruce got annoyed about something. He's very temperamental, isn't he, Bruce Willis? Have you ever seen that interview he did with the one show that was just absolutely... <laughs> no. It was just really awkward. Uh, they weren't saying anything particularly wrong. It was just, you know, what the one show Yeah. Was. It's just typically sort of naff and stuff. But he just really wasn't playing ball and barely answering any questions. At Ian Ian Review UK says... Surely the least said about this, the better. Gosh. 
He's not going to like this podcast because we've been going on for God, nearly an hour. Um, well, he probably won't listen. At, I don't. Well, he might listen for his shout out. Don't know. That's why I do them at the end in the hope that people will listen and wait for the shout out. Some podcasts do them at the beginning. I'm just like, don't be silly. I might even mix it up and just start Stick doing them in, in the middle. middle. So mm. if they. Yeah, if they think they can just skip through and go to the end, they're mistaken. I might just put in, like, one every third sentence or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Keep them on their toes. I think so. Um, at M. Machiavello, I think that says, I have to give any movie with Bruce Willis in it a thumbs up. It's kind of my own self-made rule. And you know what? I think that's a good rule. Because... Typically, a Bruce Willis film, you're not going to be too disappointed, are you? No, absolutely not. You know what you're getting. That's what I like. So then we move over to Twitter, I'm sorry, to Instagram. Not many more now. (laughs) At Epcot, Leah times two said, Armageddon has always been a favourite film of mine. Ben Affleck was my second celebrity crush doesn't say who her first was so i'd be interested to know could it be matt damon i love this movie so much i even had the movie poster on my bedroom wall the cast is perfect i cried during a few of the scenes and it made me connect with the storyline and the characters that much more Ooh. we have 1989 adam lee who I think you might know. <laughs> to know, actually. Yeah. He says, what a film. And he's put a, a lovely smiley face with hearts for eyes. Oh. Big oh, fan. So, big fan there. We've got our American correspondent, Cindy, at Snowden72, says, I dislike Ben Affleck in general. He was good in Go- Gone Girl because he played... A twat waffle. <laughs> and then I made the mistake of Googling twat waffle, which I don't recommend anyone else does, especially on image search. Um, last but not least, we have someone who loves the way we said their name last time. So it's Pizza Parte 575. Probably like the way you say it more. Can you say, can you say it to give them a kick? Now I feel under pressure. Right, what, pizza parte? I think they'll like that because you're very well spoken. Says, Aerosmith is all I have to say. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much consensus. People enjoyed it. Um, Everyone associates it with Aerosmith. Fair enough, isn't it? I didn't enjoy it as much when I watched it the second time round as an adult as I did as a teenager. But I think that's the same with most things. Your memories are always better than the reality, I think. Yeah, and I do just think that it's just such an easy watch. Like, it is a Sunday yeah. afternoon film, which is when I watched it. So. so, is there anything that you would like to add on this? No, I don't think so. Okay. So... Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us, themeparkfilms at 
www.britpodscene.com. We are also the creators of the Britpod scene and the lovely Daniel from Is Not Radio, a podcast I thoroughly recommend. We'll tell you a little bit about that after we've finished speaking. So if that's all you've got, I will just say goodbye and we'll see you next time. Bye! Theme Park Films podcast is part of Britpod Scene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.